Hey, Pam, I have a question for you. What do you got, Ryan? So when you think of Loveland Madeira Road, what comes to mind? Well, I think of convenience stores and used car lots. Yet, it could be so much more. This is the Voice of Loveland, podcast for IonLoveland.com. I am your host, the Loveland Tadler, R.D. Kulik, and joining me here is the queen of the parking lots and convenience stores, or Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone. We're going to talk about Lovely Madeira Road today. This is going to be a little bit different than our normal podcast. Usually we're talking some heavy policy, which, hey, for those policy fans out there, we've got something really beautiful called the Lovely Madeira Overlay we're going to tell you all about. But this is going to be more of a conversation because we've had a lot of discussions recently on the master plan, just the rough draft recently unveiled to the community and the bold and expensive plan that we're looking at for downtown. Audacious. Yes, audacious. That's a good one. But we were thinking about this the other day, and especially for someone like me, I live over on the Hamilton County side. I drive down Love La Madeira Road a couple of times every week. If I'm going to the bike trail, driving down Love La Madeira Road. McDonald, Kroger, you drive down Love La Madeira Road multiple times. So it got us thinking. The city wants to, I don't know, the, the word is rebirth or have a rebuild or something like that. I keep hearing this word about downtown and all this great stuff. And now we're focusing the master plan on downtown. But the question, why not Love La Madeira Road? I am going to ask you that, Pam. Why are we talking about Love La Madeira Road today? I think we're talking about Lovely Madeira Road because I think there's a lot of great opportunity. And you have to remember, too, that the city itself has been talking about the revitalization. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, I know. It's a hard <laughs> word to say sometimes. You know, they've been talking about the revitalization of Lovely Madeira Road for over 25 years now. And so to me, it was kind of surprising that we would spend $128,000 of taxpayers' money, and yet the focus is on downtown and it should have been on Loveland Madeira Road. Loveland Madeira Road is basically, for lack of a better phrase, is the gateway to our community. And I actually think that always should have been the focus. I'm glad you said that. It's the gateway to the community because that's what got me thinking about this question. I go back to the point that I live in Hamilton County. I also have a child that's in the school down there. In the, he's in the elementary school. He's been already through the primary school. He's down there five days a week. I go down there regularly. I I've bemoaned the fact many a times that downtown is trying to eliminate families or not doing anything really family-friendly. Well, you have El Picante, you have La Rosa's, you have the skating rink, you have Marco's Pizza, McDonald's, the places I'm going to go eat with my kid. I know the Dairy Whip's not on Lovely Madeira Road, but it's right there. This is a road that we touch regularly. And then you think on top of that, we also have the post office and the public library are both on Lovely Madeira Road. Starbucks is on Loveland Madeira Road. Now, the other side of it's uh, where Skyline is. That's technically Sims, so I'm not going to talk as much about that. This is where I think if you're a part of Loveland, this is where a lot of our amenities are. So it makes me think, like you said, we've been talking for decades about doing this. And I'll get to a point about uh, certain previous councils that have done something on Loveland Madeira Road. But this is how people see our community. And no matter what they build downtown... They're going to be driving down there. And we made a, you know, kind of a bad joke at the beginning, but they're seeing used car lots. You're seeing a high concentration of convenience stores, and you're seeing these huge parking lots sitting in front of places like Shoppers Haven, which I've heard a lot of people tell me, well, Shoppers Haven's like nearly empty. It's actually not. 
a lot of the storefronts there are full. So if you're going to do this master plan and if you're going to be serious about it, it seems to me the right thing to do was to focus on the area that impacts those that live in Loveland and those that are visiting Loveland. Makes sense, doesn't it? Makes perfect sense to me. And if you think about it too, if we would have actually focused on Loveland Madeira Road, because as we said, the vast majority of people who are coming to Loveland come from the Hamilton County side and get off at 275. So they are going down Loveland Madeira Road. And you're exactly right. It doesn't make a great impression. I mean, as you're driving through, the first thing you see after you get past Starbucks is this huge space that's a used car lot that shouldn't be a used car lot. And then you continue on down and then you've got convenience stores and then you've got more used car lots. And so basically we have a road that's bookends of used car lots. It's interesting because if it would have been the focus, if you think about it, we could have focused on that. It has more property, more landmass, we should say, to do some of these other things that we need, like more family-friendly amenities. But it also could have helped with alleviating some of the problems that people complain about in going into downtown. If we would have focused on Loveland Madeira Road, I think that would have been the better opportunity for better development, per se, if you wanted to change certain things downtown. You have to start at Loveland Madeira Road. Do not, And I still do not understand why this master plan made this a second and third priority and not the first priority. I want to talk about the master plan here for a moment. And it is a master plan for all of Loveland. Again, they're going to tell us, oh, well, we're going to talk about Loveland Madeira Road. But for some reason, and I have my opinions of why this is, but for some reason, this Mayor Bailey majority and her five loyal men that vote with her all the time, they decided they wanted to do downtown plan first and then the greater plan for Loveland. That doesn't make any sense to me because it should be it's one plan. And it should be, how does this plan all fit in together? Whatever happens on Loveland Madeira Road will affect downtown. It will have a huge effect on downtown. Now, the term I'll use is trickle-down effect that it's going to have on downtown. Because this is the corridor that people are driving to. People that are going to the bike trail. Those that are going downtown. People that are going to the new restaurants and bars down there. People that are going to the theater. People, this is the road they're driving down. And this is how they're being introduced into our community. I don't care how beautiful you build downtown, how many multi-story buildings you put on the city hall property. The fact remains is people are already going to have a kind of, oh gosh, why do I have to drive through this in order to get to this gorgeous downtown? That's why I think we're saying it makes zero sense that they would divide the plan up and then devote time to the one piece that honestly I think needs the least amount of devotion to. Downtown has development opportunities, sure. Loveland Madeira Road, in my, in my opinion, has the most important and most valuable redevelopment opportunities on it because it is where so many people are driving. There are so many things we can do there. But I don't know. Do we trust this council to do that, I guess? And we've kind of answered that question a few times, but I'll ask yeah. it again. In order for you to truly revitalize Loveland Madeira Road, you have to have an administration and you have to have council members that, quite frankly, have vision and know how to get things done. One of the things you talked about was a lot of people as they're driving down Loveland Madeira Road make the observation that it seems like there's a lot of empty storefronts. There actually aren't very many empty storefronts. That's actually a very thriving business 
I mean, there's a lot of thriving businesses throughout Loveland Madeira Road. Part of the problem and part of the aesthetic look of it has to do with what is called the Loveland Madeira Overlay. It's basically a zoning regulations in regards to how the road should look and where the parking should be located and the colors of things, which is kind of funny because when you when you drive down there, all the parking is in the front and you've got all kinds of different colors. And I would argue, and, and I've said it even when I was sitting on planning and zoning, is that the level of Madeira overlay is problematic to some of the things you want to change and to some of the things that you want to change the look of something, start with the Loveland Madeira overlay, get rid of it. I mean, it has regulations in there that everything has to be neutral colors. Well, I don't know about you, but red's not neutral. And there's lots of red all through there. My point is, is that they make exceptions to this all the time. If you're just going to make exceptions to it, then why have it around? Yeah. The other thing is, is that the Loveland Madeira overlay, and I still to this day have no idea who was responsible for this and who thought this was a great idea, but that all the parking should be located in the front. Okay, that's terrible from an aesthetic point of view. And you mentioned the fact that we're going to have a new lawn and chemical company that's going to, that's building their headquarters over there by the, where the bowling alley was. That means all their trucks have to be in the front. Okay, that's absurd. Once again, there's big things that you can do on Loveland Madeira Road, but there's also small things you can do on Loveland Madeira Road. And one of the things you could do is get rid of the Loveland Madeira overlay so that it can have a more, a better aesthetic look to it. And that is one of the reasons why it looks so mishmashy. Well, I'm glad you brought up the lawn chemical. That was a very technical word. No, no, no. That's, that's, I told you we'd have a little bit of policy here. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up the Lawn Chemical Company because, Pam, I'm going to reference what a previous council did and where I think is a good model of strategic planning for Loveland Madeira Road. When I moved here in 2013 and I came off 275 and I'm coming into Loveland and I cross right to the border when I cross Kemper Road, to my left, there was a old abandoned Volkswagen lot. You go a little bit further up and there's another abandoned lot with a whole bunch of weeds in it. Underneath that previous council, one that you were a part of, so I'm going to give you a little bit of praise here, the area where the Volkswagen lot was, was developed into where a new updated Starbucks with a drive through is put in. And that entire development's full. There's a haircut place. There's, a, I believe, a cell phone store, a Sprint store. There's a Chipotle there. But it's full. It's thriving. We go to Starbucks regularly, and sometimes it's hard to find a table. But at least there's a drive through I can go through there. You go a little further up. And that next area was developed into what was the Indian Motors like showroom, a very nice building. And it was while Indian Motors was there, it was a very nice looking area. Problem is Indian Motors wasn't the right company, wasn't a good company, had some issues. Since you guys have left and since the Kathy Bailey majority has taken over, we have now put a massive used car lot where that Indian Motors redevelopment was. And again, we put this lawn chemical company next to the roller rink and across from the Kroger. Now, when it comes to Hertz and Oasis, they have a place in our community. These are companies that we want in Loveland. The thing is, we need to be strategic about where they are. My point to that is there are some businesses, I'm going to use Workhorse as an example for this. I mean, there's, they're doing all sorts of things. You drive by there in the Commerce Park, and there are tons of UPS trucks out front all the time. Workhorse is doing some incredible work. But they're suited for the Commerce Park. That's kind of what they're suited for. That's a good place for them. Because you know what I don't want to put where Workhorse is? I don't want to put 
something a family is going to go to. That's why we have the current commerce park. These are industrial type companies. That's what Oasis is. It doesn't look good having a place like that right next to our grocery store. It would have looked good to have, I don't know, I have my mythical arcade I always bring up or I don't know, mosaic climbing, which is over in the commerce park. So I don't think this current council majority has any strategic thought about how to redevelop that area. And that's where I'm concerned. We've seen what strategic development looks like, and now we're seeing what unfettered, unstrategic development, non-strategic, unfettered, non-strategic, that's what I'll say, development looks like. Well, I agree with everything you said in regards to the example that you used where we had the old Volkswagen lot there. It got redeveloped into a thriving business development. A business development that is paying taxes, that is generating revenue, not only for the city, it's offering amenities that people wanted to see. It is a great example of a private and public partnership. It's a great example of how, you know, government didn't need to, the city didn't need to go and buy the land and and develop itself, but it can help and assist with a private developer who wants to build something. And so I think it's a great example of public-private partnership. But I'm glad that you brought up the Oasis or Hertz. And and I agree. We want all businesses here in Loveland to thrive. We want them here in Loveland. But we want them where it is strategic and in a good location for them, as well as for our community. And I think for the lawn and chemical company that's going into that spot, we need more family-friendly amenities. And you had brought up Mosaic. You know, I don't know whether Mosaic could have fit on that property or not. I don't even know if anybody bothered to have the discussion. But other things could have gone in there that would have revitalized that road, and we probably could have found a better spot for a company like Oasis. And once again, want them here in Loveland? Absolutely. Just don't necessarily think that that was the right fit for them. It's not a strategic location. It's not a good strategic location. And then you talk about Hertz. And again, you don't, you know, you want these businesses located in Loveland. But once again, you want something that is strategic and it works for them, but you also want it to also work for our community. If you think about it, that was a wonderful piece of property that had some other options that if we had people who were thinking in a more strategic way, You could have done something that was much more of a family-friendly or kid-friendly environment. I always said when I was on council, one of the things that I looked at it when Indian Motors closed was, you know, that's a great opportunity for something like a mini Scene 75. You can go up to Sims, and I know one of the most popular places up in Sims, and I know people who have lots of kids who take their kids to adrenaline all the time. Well, why can't we have something like that here in Loveland? And once again, that is strategic development. Ryan, I'm a development girl. You're, you're a development guy. I believe in all of that, but I also believe in smart development. And unfortunately, just because somebody comes to you and says, hey, I want to put my business there. Oh, okay. There's a little bit more to it than that. Hmm. And that's the problem is that we don't see that from the mayor. We don't see that from council. We don't see that kind of strategic planning. Yeah, we don't. And here, I'm going to I'm gonna do something I normally don't do. I'm going to let Mayor Bailey and her majority off the hook here. I don't think they have the vision to do this, so I don't want them to do it. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I think what we're going to hear is, oh, it's coming. We're going to talk about it in the next phase. Well, you should have been talking about it the moment you took office. Because you know what? You've been in office now. You've been in power now for a year and a half, which means we're a year and a half behind. 
Pam, I think, I know you and I have discussed this a lot, that there needs to be a group of strategic thinkers that look at this and figure out what can be done. I mean, there are businesses all over Loveland Madeira Road that have been there. They've been there a while. We need to work with those businesses to find the strategic locations for them. There has been certain housing developments that have been proposed around Loveland Madeira Road that are attracting the families of the future. We need to get areas amenities around these developments that will make it more attractive to the families of the future. We always talk about like kid-friendly stuff, and people are probably thinking, oh, well, what are the adults going to do? We're not talking, when we say family-friendly, I'm talking about things like this retro arcade I'm coming up with. I'm in my mid-40s, Pam. I'm going to go to that thing and spend money just like my son is. Great example is something like a main event up in Westchester. Now, obviously, that's a very, very big structure. But if you had an area that had like parlor games and it had like a bar and bar food, that is something that attracts the whole family. A lot of these new restaurants that are downtown and even a lot of the proposals from this master plan, these are not attracting families. So my point is you can still have games and still get a drink. When I say family friendly, I'm trying to encompass the entire town. So we look at Love La Madeira Road and we have a strategic idea on how to build all that out. That's what I think needs to be done, and I think, it, I think it needs to be done now. If I had my DeLorean, I'd go back and do it in the past, but I don't. So it needs to be done now, and I don't trust the current council majority to do it. So what do you say, Pam? Is it up to the good private citizens like us to rally the troops and do this? Yes. The answer <laughs> is yes to that, and I agree. I think this is one of my, one of my main principles And one of the things that obviously as someone who started their own business, who has kind of an entrepreneurial kind of streak, government has a role, but government does not and cannot do this kind of stuff. And that's why you're right. Uh, I liked your statement when you said, look, I don't really want these people doing it. I don't. I want private investment. I want private developers because we already know that when the city gets involved in stuff, (laughs) It doesn't go well. And the reality is, is that you can look at this master plan that they've got right now that's being touted and they've had their meetings with all their great pictures and everything. It's got a lot of real estate involved in it. That means buildings have to be or property has to be acquired. I don't want the city buying the property. And you all have to remember, too, that they don't have any money. It is our money. I, for one, do not have, as a taxpayer, I do not have the appetite to have my tax dollars spent on a bunch of government officials who seem to think they know how to develop something. I want government to create an environment where a conversation occurs and it's welcoming to people who have vision and strategic ideas about development, but I don't want the city in the development business. You want experts. I do. And the truth is, is that government officials are not experts at development. They're just not. No, in this particular majority, it's a, it's a lot of the same people on their 19 committees. I mean, they tout how many committees they have, yet one of the seven elected members of council is not on a single one, yet certain members of a political action committee that supported them are on multiple. So again, are these the right people? And what we're learning by seeing the, mass, the downtown master plan process, it really gives me pause to even have them touch Lovela Madeira Road. Because what are they going to do? Are they going to say, well, we need to enhance more lawn chemical companies right around the primary school and the elementary school. And before I get to my whole big grand plan, 
I want to talk about the primary school and the elementary school. I want to interject something because you said something in there in regards to the 19 committees and the same people on them. And you're right. There's one council member. It's not on a single committee. But what the other thing is, is that's interesting is that this is the same group that you want so-called developing our city, yet do a public records request and ask if they ever have a discussion and you'll get, we had no discussion. Well, but we do hear that they discuss in the hallways and over pizza. So yeah, not very transparent. Anyways, um, (laughs) we'll go back to the school here. The Loveland City School District recently purchased a bunch of land over in the Grailville area. It's the other side of downtown. It's, I believe that- It's off of East Loveland now. Yeah, yeah. It's a- is that Claremont County? It is. It's over there? Okay. Yeah. One of the ideas, and I know this, again, just because my kid's in school there, the primary and elementary school are the oldest buildings we have in the district. LECC is newer, the high school, the middle school, all of those are newer. And I know as the community grows, and we should want it to grow, that the school is going to grow. So it makes sense that maybe they move the primary elementary school out to that area. They build in that area. Now, that does mean that a lot of buses, because a lot of the populations in Hamilton County is going to be going down West Loveland, over the bridge, in the East Loveland, directly through downtown. And we already know that people are annoyed with the number of buses that currently go through. So now we're going to, I don't know, multiply it by a factor of 10. <laughs> it's going to start going through. So that should have been part of the discussion to begin with, if the schools are thinking of moving, and that would affect downtown. But that's a very very strategic piece of property if it suddenly becomes available. And we need to have a plan. We need to have a public plan that people can buy into and understand this is great. No secretive plans, no handshakes. If if Kroger, which I think we would all agree we could enhance our Kroger a little bit, if Kroger moved there, now suddenly that makes Kroger a very strategic piece of land. And we need to know, okay, what can we do that will enhance the lives of the people that live, work, and play in Loveland. You want 38 bars downtown, go build your 38 bars. What about everyone else? And that's where Loveland Madeira Road comes in. I'm glad you mentioned the school because we haven't heard a lot about the impact that that would have. And it's interesting because, again, we're talking about a downtown master plan. There hasn't been a mention of the fact that if the school relocates over there, We haven't even had that conversation. That's a huge conversation. And that can dramatically change whatever it is that you guys are deciding now. And that's why, too, we go back to the fact that I don't want the city buying anything. Because what about you buy something and then the school decides that they're going to go and and move down there and uh, you're going to have to start rethinking all your traffic patterns and everything else that you've got, got done. But... Going back to Loveland Madeira Road, you're exactly right. Kroger, perfect. I mean, if they wanted to, you know, move there or refurbish or whatever, or they they moved to the school, that would be awesome. I mean, it would be an awesome addition to the road and to the community because we really could use a really nice grocery store. But you're right. Then you have to start thinking, well, if they move and they do that, that makes that parcel of land available. And what do we want to do with it? Do we want to put another lawn and chemical company there, mm-hmm. you know, or some guy comes and says, hey, I want to put another used car lot. Okay, come on. Well, come on. No, that's what we mean about needing to have strategic thinking. And you do have to have strategic partnership. It cannot be driven from the city officials and elected representatives. I'm going to use as my example, the downtown master plan. When they had their unveiling, their showing 
on April 1st, it had complete ideas of an entirely new development where the Eads Fencing Company is. New developments where the Animal Hospital and the Eagles buildings are. Don't we want to know that for pieces of land like the primary elementary school, Kroger? I mean, to me, that seems so much more important. And you just gave, you made my heart beat faster, Pam, when you said, do we want another used car lot at the Kroger or the school or whatever? No, no, we don't. We want less used car lots. (laughs) That's the point of this whole thing. And if we had a true strategic plan, we could do that. But I'm going to tell you what can be done and what should be done. Because all of this is great, and we sound like, oh, geez, this is awesome. And I know it's expensive, which is why we're talking about private investment doing it. Because if the city decides to go all in on their downtown plan, they are not going to have any money to do anything elsewhere in Loveland, which means this council majority is going to kick the can down the road once again on Loveland Madeira Road. We've already wasted a year and a half, and we're already a year and a half behind because I think the most important thing that needs to be done before anything goes on, behind all those storefronts that are off the road, There are numerous empty buildings. They have been empty for decades. There are what I presume to be empty truck trailers sitting back there. I hope they're empty. Because if they're not, if there's people living in there, that's a serious safety issue. And if I want to build family-friendly amenities, you need to get rid of that stuff. There are stacks of pallets back there. There are weeds that are so overgrown that they've turned into trees. All of that needs to be cleaned up. And that can be done now. You get the right group together, you get all these people, you contact these property owners. Number one, we'll be enhancing those properties, we'll be enhancing their values, we'll be enhancing the aesthetics, and we'll start the process that you get these people in and they look around and go, you know what? We can build here. We can make the gateway into our community, something that is the envy of the entire area. So that's my call to action, Pam. I mean, I tell people, listen to this podcast, watch Eye on Loveland, because we're going to have more to it. But that's where we start. And we can do this now. We don't have to wait until the greater master plan is presented to us. We can start now to truly make lo- what you said at the very beginning, make Loveland Madeira Road so much more. So there, that, that's my soapbox. Let me get off of it. Well, I like uh, your little saying that you said off mic is that we're problem solvers, not problem causers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Well, it's true. You have to look at this as a group of people, private people can get together and number one, do the simple things of cleaning it up. And then after you're cleaning it up, then you can have private individuals, private developers who can talk to other businesses around in Loveland Madeira to see what they're looking for. Developers can figure out what will not only work for them from a financial side, but also what's good for the community as a whole. What kind of amenities do we need? What kind of buildings do we need? And all of that can be done privately through, I mean, you can look at it. You don't have to look very far to find these models. I mean, look at 3CDC downtown. Look what they did to Over the Rhine. We can create an economic development group privately. Private individuals are how this stuff is going to get done. It is not going to get done through the government, and it is not going to get done with the government and elected representatives buying property so that they can tell other people what should go there. No, private developers know what needs to go there. When you let entrepreneurs take over, entrepreneurs succeed. And that's what we need on Loveland Madeira Road, because number one, we can't wait. And number two, we can't just buy a bunch of stuff and then make the taxpayer pay more for it while we sit and do nothing. You know, it's interesting because I had a conversation a couple of days ago with someone who is very, very bright, 
really knows development, knows how to get things done. And one of the things that she said (laughs) was that the problem that the city always seems to have with master plans, and I'm paraphrasing, the bottom line is, is the reason that we have eight prior plans and they're sitting on a shelf and we've paid hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars over many, many years for these plans is exactly what she said. Because these plans are all pie in the sky, done with a bunch of government officials looking at it thinking, oh, this sounds great, but it never involves the money people. It never involves the developer and the people who understand how it all works in the grand scheme of things. You have to have finance people on there. You have to have people who understand rates of return and all of those kind of things. And that's part of the problem here. And that is why you have to have private enterprise, private business involved in this development and the changing of our community. It cannot be city-driven. If it's city-driven, it just means, guys, it just means that we're going to just be paying and paying and paying. That's the perfect way to say it. And I don't want people to think we, we don't, we're not exasperated. We're actually emboldened. This is one of the missions for not just I on Loveland, but for our entire community. Loveland Madeira Road is such a valuable asset to our city. It needs to be treated as such, and we're going to start treating it like such. With that being said, The Voice of Loveland, the podcast for ionloveland.com, is produced by Ion Community, LLC. It was also additionally produced by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. So, hey, once again, I think we're just doing stellar work here, Pam. Music by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. And again, listen, look, and if you have interest in what's going on Loveland Madeira Road, you have ideas, you know where to find us. Anything you want to leave the good people with, Pam? I'm going to steal your line, Ryan, because I love it. And by the way, he he wrote a great article, and you'll read this line in there, but I really like it, so we're going to end with it. Ask not what the city government can do for Loveland Madeira Road, but what private enterprise can do for Loveland Madeira Road. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be informed. Be involved. Be informed.